All right, so we have to get ready, you know. Kuliyamamaida, <laughs> you know, that sh the, this shuas is definitely going to be a unique shuas. It's a unique shuas. You know, it's a funny thing. I was just, uh, just, just thinking about this uh, a minute ago. There's something unique to Bechal, the Yantav of Shuas. The Yantav of Shuas seems to be very much connected with Hachana, with preparing for Shuas. You know, Shuas itself doesn't have any Maisa Mitzvah, right? There's no Luvanesrik to shake. There's nothing like that. It has just the bare bones Hilchas Yantav to it. The only thing that's unique and special to Shuas that we like, that we think of, you know, when we think of Shuas is that we stay up all night learning, which is really just preparing for Shuas, preparing for Kabbal Sotayra. There's no yantif that has more achana than shuas. We, we we count 49 days, you know, seven weeks leading up to shuas. The whole thing of shuas is uh, kuli hachana. And then shuas itself is um, seems to be very simple, I guess, or, you know, nothing to, without any frills. The, all the frills of shuas are just mitzad the hachana shabai, preparing for it. So that tells us that certainly it's a yantif that needs hachana, and certainly a yantif of shuas of this year. He is a special type of Bahama. So let's learn a little bit about how Klal Yisrael prepared for Shuas. That's, that's going to be how we're going to learn. How, how did Klal Yisrael prepare for its original, for the original Shuas? And then we'll see maybe if that's something that, uh, that how we can connect to that. And if that's something maybe that's apropos specifically to now. There's another, by the way, when we think of Shuas, obviously Kabbal Satara is, is what comes to mind. So I'm about to say, no, that's for sure. There's another aspect, there's another Indian of Shuas that, um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately uh, it's not something that comes to mind so often, but it's also the beginning of Bikurim. Mishnah tells us that from Atzeres until Sukkot, from Shuas, uh, now till Sukkot, that was the optimum time to bring Bikurim, maybe Vikaire, the farmer would bring his first fruits from this point on, from Shuas on, and he would have the ability not just to bring the fruits, but also to read the parish of Arami Yaviravi, when he got to the base of Mikdash. From Sukkot and on, it's already late, so he was able to bring it, but he wouldn't be able to read the parsha. So the Zman of Bikurim, L'Chadchila, begins with Shuas. So to understand Shuas, we have to understand uh, Bikurim as well. So we'll think about that as well. Okay, so how did Klai Yisrael prepare for Shuas? <clears throat> so it says in Pasuk, in Parshas Yisrael, V'yisu merefidim v'yavov midbar Sinai. That Klai Yisrael left the place of Rafidim, which is where they were before, so we know Rafidim is famous. Rafidim is a place of where they had an issue with Amalek, where there was, a, there was an Avera that took place. Kal Yisrael complained. They were nervous about water and so on. And they had a Taina. They said, Hayesh Hashem Is Hashem with us or not? We're not sure. Is Hashem with us? And Hashem Yisbrach Rashi brings down famously that Hashem Yisbrach said, You're not sure. You're not sure if I'm with you. I'm always with you. But because you're in doubt of such a thing, so I'm going to send the dog to bite you. That's a molek. And that's what happened. That's the place of Rafidim. So Pasik says, they left Rafidim and they came to Midbar Sinai to receive the Torah. Rashi says, Makish The Torah is trying to connect how they left Rafidim and how they got into Sinai. It says Rashi, Just like when they left Rafidim, certainly they got out of that problem through doing tshuva. So too, when they came to Har Sinai, it was also with that tshuva. What does I mean? What Rashi seems to be telling us, what Chazal seems to be telling us is that somehow to receive the Torah, one has to do tshuva from that sin of asking, That's what it seems. 
Because that, that question of which brought about Amalek, they were doing tshuva from that stam to get out of Rafidim, but they also continued in that tshuva to get the Midbar Sinai. So clearly Midbar Sinai to get the Torah, one has to do tshuva for that sin of asking Ayesha Shem Bekirbeinu Amayim. Right, so that's something we have to understand. What is that? Well, first of all, what was that Avera exactly? What were they thinking? Is Hashem with us or not? Uh, what type of question is that? That's Aleph and Beis. Why is that the necessary Nakuda to do tshuva on that to receive the Torah? And how how, how do we have a shaykhist to that Avera, Kviyachal, and, and what is our tshuva for that? Okay. A few other Nakudas when it comes to shuas that are just, that need Hezber. Um, you know, the Gemara says that uh, the first two Dibras, Anoichesh and Alekecha, and Layelacha. So Chazal say, Anoichi Valiyelacha mipi ha-gevur shamanu. At the first two Dibras, Anoichi Valiyelacha mipi ha-gevur shamanu. We heard it from the mouth of power, mipi ha-gevur. And that terminology that Chazal used to describe Hashem Yisbarach, mipi ha-gevur, from the mouth of the one that is a gibar, the one that is powerful. This midah of gevura, Chazal are associating with Madan Torah. Now that's interesting because we know the midah of gevura, you know, l'chashem ha-gedulah ha-gevura, the midah of gevura always means holding back or concealment. When we talk about a situation of Hesterpana where Hashem is concealing himself, the midah that is being activated to create Hesterpana is the midah of gevura. The Midah of Chesed, that's revelation. The Midah of Gevura is restraint. So this is a very funny thing. Anoichi v'layilacha. The two Dibrais that was the greatest revelation to ever happen is Mipiyah Gevura. It's in the mouth of restraint, the mouth of power. It's a, somewhat of a paradox. You know, Gevura means to hold back, not to reveal. And this, and the Chazal are saying these are the two Psukim that were the most revealed by their Banishlam. So that's, that needs explanation. Another, we happens to be, you also see this quality of gevura, of din, of restraint, of things that are usually associated with Hesterpanim in the context of Maimon Harsinai, even though in the introductory line, Vaidavar Lekim is that Hashem said all these words, Anoich Valilacha, Lesisa, you know, Kabbat Zavich Vesimecha, all that Sarsa Divris, Hashem is described as what? As a Lokim, Vaidavar Lokim. That's very strange. A Lokim is Midis Hadin. Midas Hadin, again, just like Gevur, means to hold back. It usually means that there's a lack of revelation. So, but this is the opposite. This is the greatest moment of revelation. So how do you make sense of that? Even the word Sinai, even the mountain in, upon which this great revelation, the greatest revelation took place, is called Sinai. The Gemara says that there's a number of names for that mountain. Chazal say, the Gemara Shabbos, the Gemara says that Sinai is called Sinai. Why? Why? The word Sinai, it's a sin, but if you play with it, it could be a, uh, it's a stomach, but it could become a sin as well. From that mountain came hatred against the Jewish people from the Umas island. Now, that, that means that the word Sinai itself is connected with sin, with hatred. Hatred is, again, is, 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 a, is a mida of separation. It's a mida of, that's associated with Gevura and Din. It's, a very, again, a very strange thing. Dafka, the mound upon which the greatest revelation took place, the word itself is associated with din. Very difficult. Okay. Another shaila that's a little bit strange is, it's not a kasha, but it's just something that needs explanation. Bechlal, Chazal saying the Medrash, it's a shtickle obscure Medrash, but the Medrash tells us that miraculously, the Rabbanu Shalom, there was a whole debate that the Rabbanu Shalom wasn't sure what mount to give the Torah and the two options at the end was Harsinai, as we know, 
and the Harabais. If you think about it, if there's any mountain to give the Torah on, you would think the Harabais in Yerushalayim. So the Rabbanu Shalom made a Shidduch, the Rabbanu Shalom made a Nase that the Harabais from Yerushalayim came to Har Sinai. And the Torah was given really on Har Sinai and on the Harabais. All right, so, so that's... Point. Remember the, the Rashi I mentioned from Chazal that in order to receive the Torah, one has to do tshuva on that Avera which brought on Molek, which was the question of Hayesh Hashem Rekhavenu Emoyim. So there's a Zayra Kaddish uh, on that Pasuk, Hayesh Hashem Rekhavenu Emoyim, and the Zayra asked the obvious question which we mentioned, which is, what type of question is that? How could Chazal, how could the Kalaisal be misophic about that? So the Zayra says something, again, I'll just say the words and we'll, then we'll explain. The Zara says that the question of Yesh Hashem Rekhavenu was not like, is Hashem protecting us or, or, or with us? The question was, what type of anhaga is Rabbanu Shalom involved with us? What is the primary anhaga that he is using in our lives? In the, in the language of the Zayar, the Zara uses the following terminology. Yesh Hashem Rekhavenu means, is Hashem with us or not? Means, is the anhaga that he's using an anhaga that's called Atika? Or is the Hanhaga that he's using an Hanhaga that's called Ze'er Anpin? Atika literally translates as ancient one, ancient one. Is that, is, is, when Hashem is relating to us, is he relating to us in a way that, that he can be called the ancient one? Or is he relating to us in a way that he can be called Kviyachal Ze'er Anpin, the one of a small face? That's the Zayar. Now the Zayar goes on to explain that the truth is the question itself, how is Hashem relating to us? That's not a bad question to ask. Chazal, the Zara Kaddish, brings down that Avram Avinu asked such a question. When Avram Avinu asked, where's the Balabira? He knew that there was a God. He was asking, how does the Rabbanu Shalom relate to the world? So asking how Hashem relates to the world is not a bad thing. What was the problem? The Zara says the problem of Kal Yisrael, the mistake was, is that they weren't just asking because they want to know and, and have, and, you know, how is Hashem relating to us and how should I reciprocate that relationship? What Kal Yisrael were asking was, they, they, they were asking in a way of demanding. They were asking, like, we, we are not going to be willing to settle for any anhaga that's less than what's called atika, than what's called the ancient one. Is Hashem with us in a way of the ancient one? And then it's good. And if he's not, then we're not makabah. That obstinance, that inability to be flexible and to be willing to receive an anhaga that's called zeram, and it's called a small face, that was their mistake. The question itself is not, it's not a problem. But, but if you're asking because you're not willing to hear anything but the answer that you want, that's the problem. And that mistake brought upon them a malik, and that's what we have to do tshuva from to receive the Torah. So what does this mean exactly? What are these two anhagas? Again, we're not going to get into anything in Kabbalah, obviously, but what are these two anhagas that the Zohar Kaddish is referring to? Is Hashem, or Gibbon, or is Hashem with us or not? What does that mean? What are these two anhagas? <clears throat> okay. So <clears throat> let's begin. There's a, um, you know, the, 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 in Parshas, uh, Parshas Shoftim, in Parshas Shoftim, it talks about the uh, the mitzvah of of kipolim um, chadaver. If you're not sure, you're not sure what the halach is, or there's a shaila and so on. So the pasuk says, so the count of Elisa, then you go up to the Harbais, you go speak to the Sanhedrin, and you get you get your psak from the Sanhedrin. 
So over there in the Pasuk, it describes the following thing. It says, if you have a Shiloh, again, go to the leaders. Who are the leaders? And so it describes the Kayin. There's two people that are described as the ones that are the ones that, that are able to lead Yisrael in terms of halacha and practicality. The Kayin and the Shaifit. So the first you ask, what's the difference between the two? So let's say, let's say the, the, the Rosh Sanhedrin is a lady. So the, the, his, his levius or his kahuna is unrelated to him being the Marihara. So his, this, the Rosh Sanhedrin's function as a Rosh Sanhedrin is that he's a shaifet. The fact that he's also a kain was, was an afkimi. So why is the Rosh Sanhedrin, why is the Rashka Bahag, why is the Paisik Hadar being described as a kain and a shaifet? He, 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 in, in this context, the point is he's a shaifit. What does it relate? What does it matter if he's a kain? <clears throat> so the answer is as follows. What the Torah is revealing to us, what the Torah is hinting to, is that there's two different levels through which truth can come to Kali. So there's two different levels of Torah. There's two different levels of Hira. Now, I could try to find the right words myself, but the truth is, Rav Cook, in one of his letters, talks about this. And I'll just share with you a few lines over there because he's going to say it better than I can anyway. So he's talking about like this. He says the following thing, that there's, we're going to see soon that these two levels of Torah are connected with the Torah of Eretz Yisrael versus the Torah of Chutzlar, or Bavli versus Yerushalmi, as we'll see a few examples. Let me, I'll, I'll, let me say a little bit first. We know there's a general rule of Torah Lava right? Torah Lava in other words, uh, you don't use nevuah in order to pass in shilos. That's 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 definitely true. The question is though, how strong is the barrier between nevuah and halacha? How strong is the barrier between the 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 the, the, the this rule that halacha has to be formulated with seichel and Aishi and can't use devar hashem? Obviously, pure nevuah you can't use. That's for sure. But how 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 much of a divide is there? So Rav Cook writes in many, many places, and he brings many rise to this. We'll, I'll go through a few of them. Listen, Lubav Trevi also talked about this a lot, that this is the essential difference between how Ters Chutzlaretz or Talmud Bavli functions versus Talmud Yerushalmi. The essential difference between Ters Eretz Yisrael, for example, and Ters Chutzlaretz, writes Rav Cook, is as follows. He says, the Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, Shefa Ruach HaKadosh Misparitz Lachol Akol Tamil Chacham Rav Kook explains that in, in, that in Eretz Yisrael, Torah's Eretz Yisrael, the way truth becomes clarified from the way, in the way of Torah's Eretz Yisrael is top-down. In other words, the Tamar Chacham is not left in the absolute dark where you're struggling to, to figure out you know, the smallest of details. Torah's Eretz Yisrael, the way of Torah's Eretz Yisrael is that it's not Nevuah Mamish, but there is a tremendous amount of Shefa Ruach HaKadosh, a tremendous amount of divine inspiration that comes to the Tamid HaChacham of Eretz Yisrael, to the Yushalmi Dika Tamid HaChachamim. And from that klal, from that general um, vision of Ruach HaKadosh, from there, the details become clarified in, in Halacha. He goes on. Baruch HaKloli, this general spirit of, of, of Siat Dishmaya, of, of Ruch HaKadosh, HaShefeyah B'Noyam, which descends pleasantly over the Chachamim of Eretz Yisrael, it then descends 
lower and lower. And that gives clarity and definition and nuance and perspective to the details. In other words, the way of the, we'll see soon, the way of the Yerushalmi, the way of Taras Eretz Yisrael, is that when they, the, the, it's coming from a perspective of light, it's coming from a perspective of giloi, of ha'ara, of revelation. From that perspective of clarity, the lights are on in the room. When the lights are on in the room, they, you don't have to feel every little corner to figure out where you are. The lights are on. And when the lights are on, then from that perspective of clarity, you can then see the pratim as, 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 as they are. Everything is from above to below. In the writings of, um, of, uh, of Chabad Chassidus, for example, they describe Talmud Yerushalmi and Taras Eretz Yisrael in this way of an Aryasha, a, a light that descends, a descending light from above to below. It, it, it's coming from a, from a perspective of Giloy, a perspective of clarity of truth. They're not sitting in Chayshech, they're sitting in Ar. And from that place of, of Ar, in its, in, its, in its highest level, it's Mamash Nevoah, it's not Nevuah so it's Ruch HaKadosh. And from that place of Ruch HaKadosh, then they can figure out the Pratim. It's like Ki'ilu, the Talmud Chacham of Eretz Yisrael, when a Shalat's presented, it's like they, they feel intuitively what the answer is, and then they try to figure out how it works. Something along those lines. There's a certain Shef of Ruch HaKadosh that they're a, that's, a, that, that's coming to them, that keeps them above the Pratim of, of the specific Sveikas of, of a particular Shalat that might come. But it's from that perspective of Chloe's, of, of truth, of, of a higher place, then then that Chloe'istic Siat uh, Shmaya then gives them the ability to clarify the Pratim, to descend into that place of Pratim. <clears throat> however, Mashenkin B'chutz, well, I'll give you examples of this in a moment. You'll see, it'll become more clear. Mashenkin B'chutz, however, in Chutzlar, it's Talmud Bavli. Ruach Chloe Kaidesh Ba'avir It's impossible for the Chachamim of Chutzlar, it's for Talmud Bavli, for them to feel, to, for them to have that Devar Hashem, that, that almost nevuah, you know, clarity in Chutzlart. And therefore, Ella Kolprat Uprat Mala Therefore, the Chacham of Talmud Bavli, the Chacham of Chutzlart are sitting in Chayshech, sitting in absolute darkness, without any clarity at all. Everything is a suffix. And therefore, they have no choice but to grapple with every single prat that comes their way to figure out what is this exactly? What am I touching? The lights are off. And they don't know what's in front of them. And therefore, they have to use their fingers to literally touch little piece by little piece. It's like Hilu, the difference between some Kiviach that, you know, that has sight to, uh, you know, Lolein or some that doesn't. Some that has sight, when you, when, you look, when you look at a sentence, once you know how to read, once you look at a sentence, you don't look at every single letter and read it like that. If it's an incredibly hard word, then you will. But if it's, if it's normal, you look at the page, you look at the paragraph, you're not even conscious of every particular letter. It just, it just goes. That's because you have sight, Baruch Hashem, and you see the bigger picture, and the Pratim sort of just gets swallowed up in that. You just, it's automatic, it's automatic. But a person that doesn't have sight, and they're reading with Brill, then they're going piece by piece. They're going piece by piece. Obviously with training they can do it quickly, but they're going piece by piece, with letter by letter. And that's the difference between the perspective of Taras Eretz Yisrael versus Taras Chutzlarz. There's two different ways in which, in which the 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 Devar Hashem, the 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 can become clarified. Well, Torah can emerge. Torah, on the one hand, can emerge in a way of malamalumata above to below, where there's a certain level of har of clarity of truth, and then automatically the pratim become clear. It's like, you know, it's like um, when a person goes to a big tzaddik. 
and you're, you yourself, let's say you have a, a certain shaila, a certain Indian in your life, you're not sure what the right path is. So maybe it's halacha or maybe it's not. You don't know what the, what the right thing is. And you go to the tzaddik, and it's tzaddik, you, you, you mention the shaila to him, and it's like, boom, finish. It's a davar pashat. It's not a davar pashat. Sometimes it's a davar pashat when the tzaddik says it. And sometimes even when you just say it to the tzaddik, to you, you feel that it's sort of a davar pashat already. And then there's another situation where it's not pashat at all. And your mom is breaking your head over which tzad to go. And eventually you make a decision. But even after you make the decision, it's not with this overwhelming sense of truth, of clarity. That's Taurus Eretz Yisrael versus Taurus Kotzlaas. Taurus Eretz Yisrael is a level of revelation. It's a level of, of, of Dvara, of, of Torah, which comes from that perspective of clarity. And then from that perspective of clarity, yeah, the question is, how do you apply that clarity to this particular case? Okay, so, so the tzaddik hears your, your shayla, and the tzaddik says, I, I feel that this is the way to go. So he's engaging in the details, but his, his engagement in the details is coming from that place of, 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 of transcendence, coming from that place of clarity, of truth. And, and then when he makes a decision about the pratim, it's without, it's without a burden. It's without a, a fear and anxiety of, did I make the right decision or not? The, 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 the Pratis Dika question itself is, is not of great significance because he's coming, he's sitting in that place of, 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 general, of general truth and general clarity. The Prat, that, the Prat that's in front of him, so he's dealing with it, but it's not overwhelming. It doesn't, his, he's, his, completely, his head is not completely focused on the Prat. Whereas Taras Chutzlaretz is the opposite. Taras Chutzlaretz is all there is is the Prat. I don't see any big picture. All I see in front of me is this particular case, and I hope both ways, and I'm breaking my head to figure it out, and even when I make the decision, I hope I'm right, I think I'm right, but it's not 100%. That's Taras Eretzel versus Taras Chutzlaretz. <clears throat> now, some examples of this, by the way. Let me just show you a few examples in Machlegis and Halach Lamaisa between Bavli Yerushalmi, just to give a little bit of a, of a window into this. For example, the, that, that parsha that I mentioned of Kipolimim Chadover, that's the parsha of Zakin Manri. So, the, the Pasik says, right? That if you're not sure about something, a dover, you're not sure about something, then you go to the Sanhedrin, you go to the Kain the or the Shaifa. So, by the way, before I get to this even, so the, I, meant, I asked a question, Kain and Shaifa, what's the difference? This is the difference. A Shaifa means Chutzler, it's Nick. Shaifa means I'm judging Pratim. That, that's my definition. Who I am is a person that judges particular pieces of uh, particular cases. That's the Shaifid. Shaifid means Tyrus Chutzlerz. The Kayan is not like that. The Kayan is Shluchad Rahmanu. The Kayan is, is someone who is the embodiment of the Dvar Hashem, someone who is a Klikibel for a chef of Nevuah of Rocha Kaidish. And he is considered to also be a Moira Hera. What the Torah is saying when it says you go to the Kain or the Shaifit, it's legitimizing both Mahalchim. What it's saying is that sometimes there's a Mahalach of the Kain, which is Taras Eretz Yisrael, and there's a Mahalach of the Shaifit, which is Taras Kotzlitz. Now, uh, give examples in Halacha of this. The Pasuk says, Ki polimim Then you go to the Kain and the Shaifit. What does Dover mean? Something. When you, you're not sure about something. And then, if, and then the Pasuk goes on, that if, uh, and if someone of the Sanhedrin disagrees with the rest of them, and he passes and is not like them, he's a Zakin Mamre. So what does Dover mean? So the Babli says, Dover Zuhalacha. Zuhalacha means that's halacha, halacha lamaisa. That's, that's the types of questions that you should be po- posing to Rabbanim, to the Paiskim. Halacha. The Yerushalmi says, Zuhagadah. Zuhagadah. Agadata. Machshava, Primius. 
what, and, and, and the Rishalmi is saying is that those are also questions that you should be posing to the Paiskin. What's the Machal, I guess? Well, this is the point. The Bavli, because the Bavli is, is in a place of Chayshech, the Gemara says on the Pasuk in Eicha, you've placed me in darkness like those that are dead. And the Gemara says, Shak, Lama Shak, and the Gemara says, in darkness you've placed me, is that Talmud Bavli? That's Bavli. Bavli is in a place of darkness, and because it's in a place of darkness, so therefore, Agadita, the difference between Halacha and Agadita becomes very strong. That Halacha is something that's human, intellect, and doesn't have any level of uh, Ruch HaKadosh involved. Agadita, that's already in the area of Ruch HaKadosh, even the Bavli would concede that. But in the Bavli, the divide between Agadita and Halacha is very strong. Because since Bavli is dealing with Shailas from a perspective of Chayshech, that means it's dealing from, with Shailas from, w- without any level of Ruch HaKadosh and, and, and Nevuah in that open way. And so therefore, because of that, Halacha in the Babli's perspective is very much separate from Agadita. And therefore, when you're going to the Moir Hira, Davar Zu Halacha, not Agadah. Those are two separate sugis. Whereas in Yushalmi, it's not like that. The Yushalmi, even in, in Halacha, accepts that there's some level of Agadita. Even in, even in Halacha, there's some level of Siat Deshmai, of Ruch HaKadosh, of Nebuah. It's coming from a place of Giloy. Davar zu Agada, zu Agada. Example, a little bit more, a little bit more examples of this. The, um, we know that one of the mitzvahs of Torah is Vidoy. A person does an Aver Chas Hashem, so there's a mitzvah of Tshuva, there's a mitzvah of Tshuva. And the way the Torah, and, and we know the mitzvah of Tshuva, there's a number of different parts to it, right? There's, everyone knows, there's, there's Harata, there's Aziva Sachet, and there's Vidui Dvar, right? Those are the basic three, three parts. Again, to have regret, to commit not to do it again, and to verbalize and to say Vidui. What exactly does Vidui mean? What are exactly are you verbalizing? So this is a Machlagas Bavli Yusham. In the Bavli, in Mesechas Yuma, it's clear from a number of places in Yuma that Vidui, according to the Bavli, is really nothing more than saying what you did. You know, Ashamnu, Baganu, Gazalnu. I, I did this, this Aver, you know, so and so. Machlagas Atanayim, whether you have to say specifically what the Aver is or you just say Chatanu. But either case, according to the Bavli, all you're saying is that I sinned. The Charot and Azivus Achet remains mental, it remains hidden within you. You don't have to verbalize that. Whereas the Yushalmi holds not like that. The Yushalmi holds that the Mitzvah of Vidoy is to verbalize everything that you're thinking. It's to verbalize the harata, it's to verbalize the avzivus hachet, and certainly to verbalize that you sinned. But, it, but there's nothing that remains hidden in the vidui according to the Rishalmi. What's the machlegis of the Rishalmi? So it's also in this way. The way of the Rishalmi is gilo, it's revelation. Nothing is hidden. It doesn't allow there to be a separation between that which is concealed, the esoteric world of agada, so to speak, and the revealed world of speech, of this is what I did. In the Yerushalmi, we're not focused on only exclusively what you did. I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to understand. I don't want there to be any part of this chua process that's hidden. Whereas in the Bavli, the Bavli, again, makes that clear divide between that which is hidden and concealed, that which is in the world of thought, uh, that's, that's more spiritual by nature, and the practical world. The practical world, I want to know what you did, say what you did. What you're thinking, how you feel, it doesn't make a difference. It's the world of action. This is the divide. In the Bavli, Vidoi Peh, there's no mitzvah of verbal, of expressing your deeper emotions. There's no, there's no mitzvah of expressing your deeper tshuva. The, the mitzvah is to express what you physically did. 
Because again, in the Bavli, in a place of Cheshach and Hester Panem, which means that it's coming from a place, from a perspective where there's the human being dealing with human intellect, uh, whereas the the Devar Hashem, the Ruach HaKadosh, that which is hidden and mysterious, remains mysterious, remains hidden. But in Yimshalmi, that which is hidden becomes revealed. So what is hidden in your mind is a mitzvah to express verbally. Another example of this, in the Bavli, the Halachi, we know that Chazal say that there's a, you have to make a bracha when you do a mitzvah, right? So the Bavli, the sheet of the Bavli, Taisa says this in a number of places, the sheet of the Bavli is that there's no bracha, Chazal were not masakin a bracha on preparation for the mitzvah. Because when you're making a sukkah, for example, there's no bracha ala siya sukkah. There's a bracha when you sit in the sukkah, you know, leshe sukkah. That's not the Yushalmi Shita. The Shita of the Yushalmi is that there's a bracha, just like you make a bracha when you do the mitzvah, you make a bracha when you're, ma- when you're making the sukkah, when you're preparing for the mitzvah. What's the machal, I guess? So again, do you, are you see, the, the Bavli sees black and white. The Bavli sees this world. All, that's what it sees. I, there's hidden things. Hidden things remain hidden. All I'm dealing with, all I'm governing, all I'm handling with, all I'm donning on is what I see with my hands that I, that I, that I can sense physically. And therefore, the Bavli says, well, I see a guy making a sukkah. He's not doing a mitzvah yet. How do I know it's shaykh to a mitzvah? It's not connected to a mitzvah yet, so I'm not going to make a bracha on that. In terms of physically, the actual maisa, this maisa is just making a sukkah. It's not, it's not, it's not a mitzvah. So the Bavli, from the perspective of, of, of the pure action it, and not taking into account anything that's mysterious and hidden, so you don't make a bracha when you're just, when you're just making a sukkah. But the Yushalmi, that again, his entire, the entire perspective of the Yushalmi is coming from a place of revelation, coming from a place that that which is hidden is revealed. So because of that, when this person is making a sukkah, of course, physically, all he's doing is making a sukkah, and that's not a mitzvah. But mentally, what's happening at the time, let's look at it from a bigger, from a broader perspective, from a deeper perspective. This is something that's part of a larger process, which is eventually going to lead to sitting in a sukkah. So even though physically this moment in time of making a sukkah is unrelated to the actual mitzvah of, 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 of sitting in a sukkah, that's mitzah, the physical actions. But once, once you are able to get beyond that moment, then this action of preparing a sukkah is connected with the mitzvah sitting in a sukkah. That's why he's preparing it. In other words, let me explain a little bit better. If you're in a state of chayshach, then you don't have the luxury to start thinking about future things. You know what I'm saying? All you have, because you don't know what's going to be. You have no idea. But when you're sitting in darkness, all I have is what's in front of me. I, all I can do is go from letter to letter. I don't know. You, you throw me new scenarios, what's going to be later. I have no idea. All I have is what's in front of me right now, and that's all I can deal with. So the Bavli, from that perspective, all it sees right now is a person making a sukkah. That's nothing. So you don't make a brach. But the Yishalmi is coming from a broader perspective. They're not, they're not stuck with just dealing in the moment. They're, they're, they have the luxury, they have the harchavas the, hadas, the, the, the expansiveness, to recognize that this moment is part of something broader and something bigger, which is sitting in a sukkah eventually. And therefore, even making a sukkah from the perspective of the Yishan, which is that broader, bigger, more spiritual uh, perspective that's not confa- confined to the rules of time and space where all I have is what's in front of me right now. So because of that, you can make a bracha on even making a sukkah. Another example of this, by the way, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Mishnah Tainus, 
there's a number, there's many examples. I'll just give a couple more. The, the Mishnah in Tainus says that uh, it's the famous thing that Tubav and Yom Kippur were the two biggest Yom Tivim. Right? The, the girls would go out, the men would go out, and they would make Shadduchim. So the Mishnah says over there that everyone would borrow, all the girls would borrow dresses from each other. Um, and that's how they would, uh, you know, present themselves for Shadduchim. So the question is, how would, how would the borrowing go? That's the Machlag is probably Yerushalmi. So, the example, the Yerushalmi holds that what would happen is that everyone would borrow a dress from someone that was wealthier than them, right? I mean, that's what makes sense. I, let's say, you know, I'm a girl, I have a dress, but I want a nicer dress to present myself in a nicer way. So I borrow a dress from someone that's wealthier than me. That's how the Yerushalmi puts it. The Babli says the opposite. The Babli says, no, that you would borrow a dress from someone that's actually less wealthy than you. Why? So the answer is the Bavli holds that way, which does make sense, right? Usually if you're borrowing something, you want to borrow something nicer. The Bavli says, the Bavli says the reason for that is, is, um, is because the, 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 we don't want, we don't want to have anyone embarrassed. That, that's the concern. In other words, says the Bavli, if you have, you know, if a girl's going to someone that's wealthier and borrowing a dress, it makes her feel, it makes her feel a little bit uh, self-conscious. Self it's embarrassing. So because of that, Adrava, borrow someone that's beneath you, and it won't be embarrassing. That's the Bible. The Rishami is obviously not concerned. Why is Rishami not concerned? Well, it says the Rishami because I understand it might be embarrassing right now, but it's better for your Shadduchim. In the long term, it's better for you to borrow a nicer dress. So what's the Machlag is Bible Rishami? You have a scenario where right now this action is going to cause you embarrassment. But, it let, but if you do it, though, it's going to give you a much better shot later to get a better shidduch. So do you judge right now? Do we say that, I don't know what's going to be with shidduchim. I have no idea. All I know is that right now, this might be embarrassing. Don't do it. Or do we say that, no, I understand it might be embarrassing right now, but think bigger, think broader. Broader, it's going to be good for you. That's the Machlag, it's Bavli Yishalmi. The Bavli that's coming from a place of darkness, like I said, that, does, that, that it, it doesn't, doesn't have the luxury of seeing into the future, doesn't have the luxury of dealing with anything more than just what's in front of it. And therefore the Bavli, for example, as I said, hold not to make a brach on hachana for a mitzvah, that same Bavli says, don't, don't embarrass yourself. Ah, you're going to tell me Shadduchim later? I have no idea what's going to be. Right now, don't embarrass yourself. But the Yishalmi says, no. You can embarrass yourself. It, in the bigger picture, it's going to be better for you because the Yishami is coming from that place of breath, of broadness, of, of, of a more cl clear perspective that doesn't, doesn't force you in the box of just dealing with, with, with what's in front of you. You have the confidence and the security to, to, to be able to think a few steps ahead. You have that, you have that confidence. Again, that's also when a person has a, a Shiloh, the more confidence you have in, in, in the question, the more you'll be willing to take more things into account. If, you, if a person doesn't have much confidence and doesn't, doesn't have much clarity, then, then you have no choice but to make a very constricted decision. But if, you, if you're a little bit, have more breath and confidence, then you could take more variables into account and make a decision even with that. Otherwise, if a person, for example, if a person is in the bodily state of mind, then you can't allow yourself to think a million steps ahead because then you won't be you for sure won't be able to make a decision to make any decision if, if you if you have the confidence and that sort of clarity and that uh, you know 
that you shall need to collide, then you could handle with a million variables and you'll still be able to make that decision. Otherwise, it's probably not going to work. That's Machlech, it's Babli Yushalmi. Another example, just uh, maybe one last example. The, uh, the, the Pasuk in, in Parshas Vayechi, when Yaakov is giving a bracha to all the Shvatim, so it says by Binyamin, Binyamin Ze'ev Yitre, that Binyamin is compared to a wolf who, uh, who uh, Yitre, who, who, who captures prey, who, who, who consumes prey. So the, both the Targum which is Chutz Laretz, and Targum Yushalmi, which is Eretz Yisrael, they both translate the Pasuk in a similar way, that this Pasuk is a reference to the Beis Hamikdash, or to, to Karbanas, I should say, rather, that was sacrificed and consumed in the Chelek of Binyam. Even though the Beis Hamikdash is in, Eretz, is in Yehuda, we know there was a, a strip of land even on the Mizbeach and the Beis Hamikdash, which was in the Chelek of Binyam. And that's what the Pasuk means. Binyam is the wolf that captures prey. It's referring to the Indian of Karbanas. But there's a slight difference between how Unkelis translates it and how um, Targum Yushami translates it. In Unkelis, it's translated as Uba in his portion in Binyamin, Yizbani Mikdasha. The Mikdash will be, bo- will be built. Okay, that's Unkelis. Yushami says mostly the same thing, Bachsante in his portion, Yizbani Base Mikdasha. The Base Hamikdash will be built. So Unkelis says Mikdash, Yushami says Base Hamikdash. It's a difference. So the Rogat Shavar said that when Unkelis says Mikdash, he left out the word Beis HaMikdash on purpose. The Rogat Shavar wrote that Mikdash that Unkelis is referring to is not the Beis HaMikdash, it's actually the Mizbeach, just the Mizbeach itself. And he says Mikdash over here doesn't mean Beis HaMikdash, it means the place that's sanctified with Kedushas Dham, the, the holiness of receiving blood. So, so in other words, this is the Nakuda, that Unkelis translates the Pasuk as referring to the Mizbeach, whereas Yushalmi translates it in terms of Beis HaMikdash. What's the, what's the Machal, I guess? So you know the halacha is makriven afalpish ein that you're able to bring karbanis even if you don't have a beis hamikdash. So you can have a mizbech without a beis hamikdash. But everyone agrees that certainly there's something better if you have a beis hamikdash. The Rambam, for example, writes that the, the, the very essence, the very halachic significance of the beis hamikdash is that it's a house that's prepared for karbanis. It's a house that's that's for karbanis. And the first and the Rishon already asked, like, I don't get it. Like, there's no halachic significance. If you have a Mizbeach without a Beis HaMikdash, you can bring the Karbanas, it's fine. The Beis HaMikdash doesn't halachically add anything. It doesn't allow you to now bring new Karbanas or different Karbanas. But yet, there's some sort of qualitative difference in the Karbanas that you're bringing if you have a Beis HaMikdash. So in terms of physical, you know, uh, what you see, there's no difference. Once you have a Mizbech, it's irrelevant whether you have a Beis HaMikdash. But in terms of what you don't see, in terms of the quality, something, you know, the Reich Nichayich LaHashem, there's a big difference whether you have a Beis HaMikdash or not. So therefore, Targum Onkelis, which is Chutz Laharetz, Targum Onkelis, I don't know if you have a Beis HaMikdash, it doesn't matter if you have a Beis HaMikdash or not. If you have a Mizbech, it's good enough. Bach Sante, in the portion of Binyamin, Yisbani Mikdash, you'll have a Mizbech, that's good enough. Because in terms of Bavli, which is dealing in Chayshech, in darkness, it doesn't see that which is concealed. It doesn't see that which is, that which is bigger than just what's in front of it. So you have a Mizbech, that's good enough. But Targum Onkelis, Bachsante Yisbanei Beis Mikdashta. Onkelis, I'm sorry, in the Yushalmi, it, it recognizes that there's a big difference. If you have a Beis Mikdash, it means the Karbonis on the Mizbech are different. I, what's the, 
point to the difference? I can't point to the difference. But I'm telling you there's a difference. It's intuitive. It's intuitive. There's a certain Ruch HaKadosh. This is why um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, Rav Cook in a number of places also gives examples how stylistically, just uh, even just without different stalking, but stylistically, the Yerushalmi Babi are very different. The Yerushalmi is much more willing to, the person that learns the Gemara and you'll find this, that the Yerushalmi is more willing to say Lamda Shechilukim outright. Whereas in the Bavli, the Bavli usually doesn't say Lamda Shechilukim. The Rishonim then come explain the Gemara in Lamda ways. But the Bavli very often, is, you know, you, you, people do Dafi Aimi, the, 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 the lump, like a person doesn't necessarily feel like a Chaim Dika Chilukim or a Shimon Dika from Bavli. In the Rishonim, Imam is fine. What's the difference? So that's what Rav Cook says. He says that that Bavli again, even though for sure it's Lamdish, who, who, who obviously Bavli is unbelievably Lamdish, but but the Bavli is erring on the side of being pasha. It's erring on the side of, of saying things that are that are that are obvious, that are more that are more in front of you. Well, Yerushalmi is more willing to be esoteric. It's more willing to be out of the box, to be more subtle. As a number of chilukim. This is also why the Bavli. Yeah, so much more arichas than the Yishami. When a person is stuck in chayshech and pratim and dealing with letter by letter by letter, then you have not, you, then, then you have to deal with this prat and then that prat and then that prat. Whereas the Yishami is coming from that place of, of 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 confidence, of strength, of security. Of like this is what this is the bigger truth. Now let's just see how it relates to these details. Okay, then there's there's a less arichas. There's pasha less arichas. <clears throat> so let's go back to the question of Kali Yisrael. When Kal Yisrael said, "Hayesh Hashem Yerkevinu Emayim," is Hashem with us or not? And the Zohar said that the question of Kal Yisrael was not even a question; it was more of like a demand in a certain sense. We we demand the Rebbeinu Shalom should relate to us in a way that's called Atika, not in a way that's called Zeranim. What's the difference? Atika is a reference to how Hashem runs the world in terms of Talmud Yisrael. That's the kind. That's the kind. Zeranim, small face. That means Talmud Bavli, that means Chutzlah. And the, the problem, the mistake that Kali Yisrael were making is that we are not willing to accept serving the Rabbani Shalom in doubt. We don't want to deal with Sveikas like this. Rabbani Shalom, if, you wanted, if you're giving us a Torah, which now we have to navigate through this world and figure, make decisions, at least give, a, give us the security to, to be able to deal with those questions and those doubts from a perspective of strength and confidence. And from that place of confidence, we'll be able to make a decision and be happy and be secure in that decision. But you're telling me, you're telling me that there's going to be an Haggadah, that what? That I'm not going to have any clarity at all. And I'm still going to have to deal with all the Chayshech and all the Bulbulim and all the Sveikas. And even after I make the decision, I might not be 100% certain that I made the right decision. I'm not interested in that. What's the tachos of that? I'm not interested. And what the Rabbani Shalom did as a response to that is that he brought a Molech. The whole essence of a molek is suffolk, right? Everyone knows that a molek is bigmatria suffolk. The whole essence of a molek, why is a molek a midah connected to midah? It's because what Kleisel were doing, were re- they were rejecting their willingness to really truly handle suffolk, to really truly handle doubt. They weren't willing to handle it. it, it, it you, wanna, you want us to deal with pratim, we'll deal with pratim, but I want to deal with pratim from a perspective of tekifas, from a perspective of of, of, of strength, of security, of confidence, and then I'll deal with the Pratim. I want to be Yerushalmi, Dick. I don't want to be Bavli. That was the, that was the Taina. And therefore, the Rebbe Shalom said, you don't want to deal with Sveikas, Adarabah, I'm going to give you the biggest suffix in the world. I'm going to throw a Moloch into you. 
This is how the Yishvitzer, the Beis Yaakov, this is how he explains that chait, that it was the un, in, unwillingness of Klai Yisrael to be able to, to, to accept being in doubt and making the best decisions you possibly can. And even after you make those decisions, still not being 100% certain that you made the right decision. It was that, 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 the unwillingness to handle that is what brought Amalek. And that's what Amalek is. That's what Amalek is. The, 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 the eve of Amalek is, is, is coming from that place of that. That's the poison of Amalek. It's not just Suffolk. The poison of Amalek is not, not willing to handle the Suffolk, of hating, of hating Suffolk. This is why Amalek hates the world. Amalek hates Kal Yisrael. Amalek hates reality because reality is doubtful. Reality is not clear. It's hard to find clear answers to every question. And because of that, Amalek is completely frustrated with existence itself. But this is what the Rabbani wants of us. This is exactly what the Rabbani wants of us. You know, it says, it says uh, in the Pasuk, right? And Hashem says, I'm going to give you the Torah, and through the Torah, you're going to be Mamleches Kaihan and the Gai Kaddish. What does it mean, Mamleches Kain and the Gai Kaddish? There's an interesting Gemara in Zvachim. The Gemara in Zvachim, uh, I think it's Dafi Tesmet Aleph. The Gemara in Zvachim says the following story that um, I think it was Rav Huna Bar Nassim. That Rav Huna Bar Nassim uh, related that he was once in the presence of a, of a king, Gaisha king. And the Gaisha king looked at him and saw that he wasn't wearing a garkel. That Rav Huna Bar Nassim was not wearing a garkel. And the king said, aren't you people called Mamleches Kayan of the Gai Kaddish? And Kahanim wear garkels. So he gave him a garkel to wear. Gemara. It's a funny, it's a funny thing for the Gemara to record such a nice from a guy who's an Afghan. So the Yisrael says, Yisrael says, what does it mean a garatel? What's the tachas of a garatel? So we know in halach the Gemara bracha is that the purpose of a garatel is to be mafsik from the between the heart and the erva, that the heart should not see the erva. What's the difference? So it says the heart means the part of you that's misraimi, the part of you that's transcendent, that's tamid yusham. The erva, that's chayshech, that's bavli, that's bahamistic, that's sikhs, that's doubtful, that's low. Mamlechas kayhan of a gaikadish means to put an avni, to put a gartel, and to be willing to do that. It's to be willing to handle avayt sashem, which means that sometimes the heart doesn't see the erva. That there's, sometimes there's a chilek, that sometimes, there, sometimes there's a kayan, and sometimes there's a shayfet, and I'm a kabo that. That's, that's, that's the tshuva that the Klayosol were doing, the Yisum Rafidim, by Yavomid Bar Sinai. They left Rafidim, they came to Sinai with that tshuva. And what is that tshuva? The willingness to be Mamleches Kayan Vagai Kaddish. That the Rabbanu Shalom, we have to know, are you, are you with us in terms, in, in like Atika, or are you with us like Zerampin? But we're willing, we're happy if the answer is Zerampin too. It's fine, if that's what you want. If that's what you want. This is what happened by Harsinai. When the Rabbanu gave us the Torah, he gave us both Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi. He gave us both ways. This is why, as I mentioned, in, in Harsinai, the, the greatest revelation also is contained within there, Hester Panim. Vaidavar Lakim is called Ramayla. Manoichi Leilucha Mepiak Even Anoichi and Leilucha. Anoichi means clarity, means Talmud Yerushalmi. Leilucha means Talmud Bavli. Both were said in Piyak the Har Sinai came together with Harabayas. Harabayas means Tarzar Eretz Yisrael. Har Sinai, Sinai Lo'elam means Talmud Bavlam. That's where anti-Semitism is, is in Chutzlars. And so therefore, the, the, the Torah was given in such a way where both came together. And that was as a result of Kali Yisrael's willingness to be masaking their mistake of what? Of, of demanding a certain type of Anaga. 
we're willing, we're willing to handle whatever you throw at us. That was how Klai Yisrael did Shuvah, and that's how we, how we received the Torah. <clears throat> this is the whole myth of Bikurim. The whole myth of Bikurim is like this. What's Bikurim? Bikurim is a, is a mitzvah that brings together the Kayin and the farmer. The farmer means the lowest madrega. The farmer means chayshach. The farmer means someone that's dealing with mud and dirt and without any clarity. And there's the Kayin, who's sitting based on Migdosh, Rucha Kayish, and Zvar Hashem. And Bikurim brings them together. It brings them together. This is why it's an amazing thing. The Gemara says, where's the Gemara? The Gemara says, I'm not sure where, the, I can't remember what the Gemara is. The Gemara says, Chaviva Mitzvah B'Shaita. The Gemara says that the um, Mishnah tells us with Bikurim that as the farmers were going to Yerushalayim, so there was a whole parade over there that people would stand up for the farmers as they were going to do the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, Chaviva Mitzvah B'Shaita Yosemitah that you see from there that we stand up, to stand up for someone that's on their way to do a mitzvah, that's already something that we see that Chavim is Rishayi. You see that the, a mitzvah that's being done Rishayta in its right time is more chasher than even learning, than even Tamar Chacham, because you see that you would stand up for the farmers even from a distance. And so Chavim Mitzvah B'Shaita, that you learn it from Bikurim. What is that Indian of Chavim Mitzvah B'Shaita? Chavim Mitzvah B'Shaita, that's the site of Babli Yushami coming together. Because Chavim Mitzvah B'Shaita means that doing a mitzvah in its right time right now. That's a Bavli de Gashita. Right now, it's like, all I have is right now. I don't know what's going to be later on. That was, that was the Bavli Shita regarding, uh, regarding uh, making a bracha on Hachanah for a mitzvah. All you have is right now. Chaviva mitzvah b'shaita means Bavli. It means that the most choshev thing is if you do the mitzvah right now. I w- Maybe the most choshev thing is, is a bigger mitzvah you're going to do in 10 minutes. No. A big mitzvah you're going to do in 10 minutes from now or a small mitzvah you do now Chaviva mitzvah shaita. The more chashiv thing is that the small mitzvah you do right now. That's a bavli digger perspective. That's a bavli digger perspective. But what's amazing is, is that the mitzvah that we're describing as being done right now are farmers walking to the base of Megdish, which is a chanafer So this is a very funny thing. You're telling me that what? That doing a mitzvah right now is better, even if it's a small one, is better than doing a chashiv mitzvah later. That means that you're, that you're judging things just that which is in front of you. Yet the mitzvah that you're using that as an example for is farmers walking to the Beis HaMegdash, which is only chashu because of what they're going to do. You, so you see over here, the mitzvah Bikurim itself encapsulates, brings together the perspective of Bavli and Yishalmi, that it gives chashivas to the moment over the future, but also gives, uh, but also sort of like, you know, tilts its hat to the concept of the Yishalmi of the future, giving significance to the moment. So this is the site of Bikurim. It's the conversation, the Arami Ravidavi. It's the, the, the this this unbelievable thing of where of where the the Kayan, the farmer, presents Matanas, Manas Kuna, he brings the Bikurim to the Kahanan, giving them a Matana sort of uh, this, which in a certain sense puts the Kayan on the pedestal that you are the most the person in the world and I'm presenting you with a present. Yet I'm now become the Rabbi, Arami Ravi, I'm giving you a drasha. What Talmud gives a drasha to the Rabbi? The Pasuk should say, the, kain, the farmer should go to the Kayin, present to the Bikurim, and the Kayin should give a drasha to the farmer. But no, the farmer gives presents to the Kayin, and then the farmer gives a drasha to the Kayin. Uh, what, what's happening in Bikurim is that they're both becoming equals. And on the one hand, the Taras Chutzlars, the farmer says, Taras Eretz Yisrael is Gavaldic, but then Taras Eretz Yisrael is willing to receive from Taras Chutzlars, from the farmer as well. 
<clears throat> that's Babu Yushalmi, that's the Mitzvah Bikurim. That's the Yantav of Shuas. So here's the question. So what, what exactly gives Klai Yisrael the ability, what was the change? Like what happened? Why is it that we were made such a mistake in Rafidim and then all of a sudden, and then everything changed? So this, I mean, this is a lot to talk about over here. It's getting late already. But this, the answer to this question lies in what we do Shavuos night. Because Shavuos night, again, as I said, is sort of our hachana, our entrance into, into Har Sinai. So there's a minig, there's a very, very old minig of doing Tikkun Lel Shavuos, of reading the, the first and last few psukim from all the Sifri Tanakh, all the Chavdal Sifri Tanakh, Tikkun Lel Shavuos, and the Zorah Kaddish. This Indian of Tikkun Lel Shavuos is a very Chashvah thing if you can do it. Um, the main thing is Tanakh. So even if the additions are like Mishnayis and Zarek, you don't have to do that. The main thing is just the Tanakh part. So anyway, the Zarek says that the uh, Tikkun Lel Shavuos is cool, it's connected to what's the Shechina HaKdoisha, Hashem's Divine Presence, the Shechina. And the 20, when you read the 24 Sifri Tanakh, again, the few in, in the beginning and end of each Sefer, you are being Makashe, the Shechina. You are, you are adorning the Shechina with Chav Dal Kalo, with the 24 adornments that a kala wears. The Gemara says in Shabbos that every kala in times of Chazal would have 24 different types of jewelry. And so when we read the Tigin Lel Shavuos, we're giving the kala, the Shechina Akdoisha, 24 kishut and 24 different levels, different types of jewelry, different types of diamonds and, and, and stones and gems and so on. So, what's the Shechina? The Shechina means Hashem's presence that fills the smallest things. That's what the Shechina is. When you talk about right, to unify Hashem in His divine presence, what is the Shechina? The Shechina, the Shechina means, the Shechina means, the Rabbani Shalom, it's the Amuna, the Amuna in the Shechina. What does it mean to have Amuna in the Shechina? Amuna in the Shechina means that I believe that the Rabbani Shalom is so big, the Rabbani Shalom is so infinite, the Rabbani Shalom is so profound, so unbelievably, unbelievably amazing, yet, that same, that same Rabbani Shleilam is so amazingly profound that he fills even the smallest things. What the, what, what, what the Shechina means is that when I am in a state of suffering, when I'm in a state of doubt and I don't know, the Rabbani Shleilam is there also. Words, what, what made Klai Yisrael feel hesitant from accepting Talmud Babu, from accepting you know, the Anhaga, uh, that, that, that's Chutz what, what What made them so nervous is the possibility of what? Of, of dealing with situations that are so void of clarity. Why are you so nervous about that? Why are you so nervous of being in doubt? You're nervous of being in doubt because there's a strong possibility of being wrong. And if I'm wrong, it means I'm completely cut off and completely shut down and I have no, and I'm completely empty. So the, 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 the response to that, the tikkun to that is what? Is, is the tikkun to that is shechina. The tikkun that is is that the rabbanu shalom is everywhere. The avoid of shvus is einoi movadai. The avoid of, of shvus is einoi movadai, which means that the rabbanu shalom is everywhere. Not only the big things. The rabbanu shalom is, is even in when I am in doubt, even in chayshech mamish, even in the lowest of places, even in Suffolk, in Bilbo, in Amalek. That's where the rabbanu shalom is too. And therefore, if I'm, if I know that, and I believe that, then even in my meichin dekadness, even in my small mom smallness, that I can't focus a key who's that on anything, I'm completely being pulled in million directions. Over there, the Rebbeinu is as well. 
is mamish there with you in your bilbo hadas, in your sveikis, in your doubts, in your uncertainty, in your possible mistakes. He's also there. He's also there. So because of that, the 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 the, the that's where Kalayisrael gets the chizik to be able to strengthen themselves to receive Talmud Ba'avim. Because what they're, what they're strengthening themselves in, in the amun of the Shekhinah is that even when I'm in the Ba'avli, there's not such a chilek between Ba'avli Yushalmi. There's not such a chilek. The chilek between Ba'avli Yushalmi is our feeling, is how we, how we perceive it. There's no essential chilek. There's no essential chilek mitzad the Shekhinah Kedoshim. This is why there's such a thing as kishute kala, as the adornments of the kala. The Balatani talks about this. He says it's a pelvic thing. If you think about it, what's jewelry? A piece of, it's a rock. Doinim is the lowest level of reality. And you put that on the, the crown of the king or, 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 you know, put that on the ring of a, of a kala, that makes it so gorgeous and so beautiful. It's such a funny thing. It's the least hush of the type of reality is a diamond. But it says the Balatani, that's the side of Kishut and the side of jewelry is, is that you're, you're saying every female, every Basi Stral is the reflection, is the embodiment of this quality that's called the Shekhinah. And when, you, when, 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 when a Kal receives jewelry, what, what's happening is, on the deepest of levels, is that what, what we're saying is that that Shekhinah exists even in diamond, even in inanimate objects, even in the lowest of places, the Rabbani Shalom fills everything, even Suffolk, even Meniyas, even Bobulim, even that, even when you're not even sure what the Metzias is, the Rabbani Shalom is there too. And that's what gives you the strength to what? To be able to handle the Bavli and to be able to miyachid yichudim even in a state of kadmas. That's the avoda, that, that's the avoda of tikkun lel shulis. When we, when we read the Chavdal Sefer Tanach, what you're, what you're trying to, to state to yourself, with every single passage that you read, you're saying to yourself over and over again, the Rabbani Shalom is everywhere, even in places that I, that I don't see him, even in places that I couldn't imagine him being there, even in places that I couldn't imagine him being there. That's dafku where that's dafka where the Rabbani Shalom exists. And that's what gives you the strength to be Makabal Tyra. <clears throat> this is even in the Pasuk that, that, that prepares us for our scene of Ayisim Eskul Mekolamim, Batim Tiyom, Amlechaz Koyin V'Gai Kaddish. Eskul Mekolamim and Amlechaz Koyin V'Gai Kaddish. Eskul Mekolamim means that which is unimaginably great and profound and confident and strong. Amlechaz Koyin V'Gai Kaddish, that means people that have responsibilities and handle things and deal with things, deal with fakers. Both together. The, this year, Shavuos, I, I can't get in Pratim because you know everyone has their own life. Every, everyone's lives are upside down nowadays, but everyone everyone has their own Indian now. But it, it feels very much to me, with, after many conversations with people, is that the Tukufa that we're in right now, there, there, there's a tremendous amount of suffix. Suffix about why are we still doing this? You know, it's, uh, it's Cuomo. It's, uh, it's the mayor. It's politics. No, it's serious health concerns. Are we in the middle of the problem? Are we past the problem? Are we doing this just to be safe, to be precautious? Are we, are, should we be chutzpah and do things? Should we not? Uh, what's the devar? I have no idea. It's all Suffolk. It's all Suffolk. This whole thing, our communities, uh, you know, our community, let's say in the five towns, where Mamish, you know, things got crazy right after Purim. You know, things are beginning to open up with Shavuos, but it's also Amalek. We have to be, mis- so what's the tikkun? What's the answer? So everyone's looking for an answer. Like, what are we supposed to do? You know what? I don't know. And no one does. But you know what? But the Rabbani Shalom is there also. The Rabbani Shalom is also, he's also in you, I don't know. It means you make the best decision. And then, and so, after you make the decision, do you know what's the truth? No. Do we know what we're doing? We have no idea what we're doing. I mean, a little, a little secret. We don't know what we're doing. We're doing the best we can. 
Each one in their own level, each one in their own way. It's all Suffolk. It's all Suffolk. But what's the Avaida? The Avaida is Tikkun Lashulis. The Avaida is their Vanishlom, is Mamish, even in place of Chayshech, Mamish, and Talmud Bavli. The Machshak and Vaishivanik and say, Ayla, Gamkech, we get some of us, Laira, Kiati, Madi, that's David Malkin Mashiach. That's all side of David Amelech. All side of David Amelech that's connected with Shulis is that his Chask is that strength of what? Of Bavli, Rishalmi. David Amelech, there's a lot to talk about this. David Amelech was Kaivish. Uh, uh, what's the what's the uh, um, he, he captured uh, Aram Saiva, he captured a place in Chutzlart, even though he did it without the rule of Sanhedrin, he did it on his own. He's David Melch. Why did he do that? Because David Melch had such a taiva of connecting Chutzlart with Eretz Yisrael. That was such a taiva because David Melch wanted to connect Babu Yisham, he wanted to be Mashlim, the Ein of Shavuos, which is when his birthday in Yardside is. It's the whole site of David Melch and Mashiach, and Megillus Rus, that's what all Megillus Rus is about. Is someone going from, from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlarz and then from Chutzlarz back to Eretz Yisrael? It's bringing the two together. That's what all that's what all Megillus Rus is about. The Miachad is Yichudim. The Rebbe Shalom exists in R and he exists in Chayesha. The Avayda of this time, the Avayda of this year in particular, it's the same Avayda that started a couple months ago, which is Einay Movadai. But the transition we have to take now is that the Rebbe doesn't just mean that the Rebbe Shalom exists and whenever his life, the Rebbe Shalom exists. Even in Suffolk, even in Bilbo, even in the opposite, even in politics, even in it, it's all the Dvarashem. It's all the Dvarashem. It's not this guy, it's not that guy, it's not this, it's not that. What is it? I don't know, but I know it's God. That's what I know. That's all I know. That's the site of Enamavadi, that's the Yantav of Shuas. This is gonna be an amazing Yantav. What, what, what do I mean? Is it gonna be a profound emotional huge Yantav? I have no idea, but that's not the point. The point is, it's going to be a profound yantif because it's the yantif of Shulis, it's the yantif of Giloy, of Ar, of the Giloy, the greatest Madrig, the greatest level of Enim Vadai, where even in Amalek, the Rabbanu Shalom is. Even Mamish in Amalek. The Yisum Merfidim, the Rabbanu Shalom, the Rabbanu Shalom, the Rabbanu Shalom, the Rabbanu each one their own way to be happy and healthy and safe and confident and secure. And even if you're not secure and you're not confident, it's also okay. The Rabbanu Shalom is with you either way. As I said, we should see each other very, very soon. Via Shalom, via Galtzadig, may have remained on me.